Welcome to the Weekly Travel Alert. I'm Steve Glenn. I'm Paul Glenn. This week we've got exciting news from our Simplifying Travel 2023. We've got three hot items. The travel industry is back. Number one, Paul, airlines and airports are seeing a 9% fewer flights, but actually more seats. That's good news for travelers. And also, Mexico is the big winner from travelers post-COVID. There have been more people traveling to Mexico than ever before. We've got those headlines and more in this week's Weekly Travel Alert. This week's first headline, it's official. The travel industry has rebounded to surpass pre-COVID numbers. Paul, we just got the numbers for September, and we've finally gotten out of that dip from COVID, whereas TSA, which measures all the people that go through security, they say we actually surpassed 2019 numbers. That's great news. It's great news for us. It's what's, uh, what, what I'm kind of trying to keep tabs on is what is the mix of that business? Because I think what we've seen is there's a lot of vacation travel still going on and, and there's still the quantity of, of flights for corporate travel, I feel like is still down a little bit. They say it's about 80% of what it was. So we've still got about a 20% bump to go with business travel. I can't imagine the airports being any more full than they were this summer. So I'm hoping that we'll probably see a little decline in vacation travel if the economy slows down a little bit. But overall, I'm hoping uh, that the sizzle we had in this summer will kind of subside a little bit next year so it won't be so rattled throughout all the airports. Well, and I think another big thing when it comes to the corporate travel is now that we're starting to see the airline ticket prices come down a little bit, then it's easier for them to get travel into their budget. So That's, that's good news as well. Prices yeah. are going down. We, As Simplifying Travel 2023, we talked extensively about how airlines have lost the elasticity in their pricing. And so they are having difficult time pushing those prices up anymore. They're actually losing that ability and prices are coming down, which is great news for consumers. And we're going into the fall and winter, so prices should go down. Yeah, we'll see the softening, but we'll have to. it'll be interesting to see what the, uh, the profitability looks like for the airlines as they don't have those high revenue tickets like they have for the last year and a half. The next headline for this week's weekly travel alert is airports are seeing 9% fewer flights, but 4% more seats. Is airlines move to larger aircraft? Paul, we went through a graph at Simplifying Travel 2023 that showed how massively the planes are getting bigger. We're, we were going from seeing those regional uh, jets that hold 50 going away. Thank goodness. Can I, can I say amen? Amen to that, brother. And we're, <laughs> we're seeing larger aircraft. Even the low-cost carriers, the Allegiance, um, uh, are all moving to a larger uh, aircraft with 200 passengers. The regional aircraft jets of 50 are going away, and we saw on that graph how massively that's happening. So that's good news, but that means there's fewer flights but more seats. And I think as we looked at it at Simplifying Travel, there's a lot of reasons why they're going this direction. One is going to be for, for consumer comfort, but two, it's the expenses of the airlines. People don't realize what's happened. Many people don't realize. Some that are, are traveling quite a bit would stay on top of this. But with the increases of compensation for pilots and for uh, the rest of their staff, that their expenses are getting driven up and fuel costs have, have risen as well. So their expenses are going up. So by doing less 
flights with larger with larger airplanes are able to spread those added expenses across fewer flights. And also the airports themselves have land, so many landing spots. And so if they can compress that by 9%, have 9% fewer flights, it takes that edge out of the the intensity of uh, having to land so many planes in those limited number of slots. So I, I think that's good news for the industry going forward. I think one of the challenges or things that people need to recognize though with this adjustment is that you may have longer layovers. So if you've got fewer flights going, that means less uh, consistent as far as how often you're getting, especially to some of those tertiary markets. Yeah. And it's as simple as there may have been Six flights a day to Chicago out of Omaha uh, on United, and may go to four flights a mm-hmm. day with not with taking out a couple regional jets, and you'll actually have more seats but fewer times to select from. The nice thing with the adjustment from the fifty seaters is also that most of the seventy seaters are going to be dual class of service. So you're going to have first class options on flights and uh, destinations that we haven't had that. That's and, music and, and to my ears. And you can stand up. A guy that's six foot two can stand up in a 70 seater instead of having that to be hunched over. Yeah. I, I remember getting off one flight of a regional 50 seater like this, cause I was leaning against the wall mm-hmm. and uh, that's very painful. And then if you've got somebody beside you, they feel like you're giving them a hug. Yeah. It's not one of those. <laughs> it's, you know, on a, on a full, full size airplane. The last thing you want is that middle seat, but really on those 50 seaters, that window seat on oh, the, on the painful. one seat side is something where if you're a big guy, you can't sit upright. The next headline for this week's weekly travel alert reads, Travel to Mexico, Europe, and Latin America have been the big winners for international travel growth in 2023. Paul, after COVID, all this pent-up demand, guess where they went? They went to Mexico. They went to find the sun and the beaches. <laughs> That's right. Well, they were stuck in their house, and uh, all-inclusive in Mexico sounded pretty good. That's where they went. Latin America also hit heavy, and as you and I both know, Travel to Europe just exploded, exploded in yeah. 2023. All the Americans were over there. The sidewalks were full. The streets were full. The cafes were full. The hotels were full. Prices went way up. And that's what happened post-COVID. Uh, the ones that really took it on the chin was travel over the Pacific. We saw China basically closing down, Japan closing down. So we, we lost all the Pacific travel. It was hard to even get to fly into China. I know Matt, um, my, our, your brother, my son, is traveling over to China next week, and uh, it's hard to even get there. You used to have to fly into Hong Kong and take that train up to Guangzhou, which you and I have done mm-hmm. many times before. So the world has changed. The travel patterns have changed. The good news is domestic travel has come back to right where it was before. And uh, we'll probably see a continued growth as the business traveler comes back on board. As we saw this weekend, simplifying travel, though, it's been interesting to see where, from the carrier's perspective, where the growth has been. With a lot of the low-cost carriers, which would tell you that it is vacation travel, but what we also see is that the, the big three, which is... Becoming the big four, Southwest is expanding into that market with corporate travel focuses, is that they are, the the additional flights that they're adding next year are going to be to Europe. 
So, right. uh, you know, Asia will come back as that opens up, but they're really focusing and putting out that they're going to be expanding their, their lift into Europe because that's where their revenue comes from. You know, when right. you look at their profitability, the domestic stuff, they're competing with all these low-cost carriers. Their, their high-profit stuff is all jumping the pond. And they're going – we're, we're going to have to list in one of our future meetings all the new destinations. There's direct flights by like United, Delta, and American, like Naples, Italy. United started service there this year. And there never was American service direct. You had to go into Europe and then take Lufthansa or somebody into to Naples, Italy. Now, United started it. Now, Delta's going to fly there. Now, American's going to fly there. So the cool thing is Americans will be able to go from a hub to a lot of these cities that are secondary cities in Europe and not have to stop over in Europe, which is great news for the a traveler. It's great, but one of the other things that we're seeing is that uh, based on the, the travel levels of this last summer and sustainability being an issue moving forward. That's easy say for that, you to say. Easy for you to fast. say. Um, you know, that the travel methods are going to change. And so I think us as Americans that are used to being able to just take short hauls, as we as Europe uh, adjusts to sustainability, we're going to have to get to those hubs and then train to certain yeah. destinations. I think France is already implementing programs like this. Yeah, you know, that's a little... Uh, uh, offshoot here is Americans aren't used to training, but in France, they're getting rid of all the short flights. The government's saying you can't have those short flights, so you're going to have to fly to Paris and take a train, mm -hmm. fly to Nice and take a train, which actually is kind of cool. It's fun and to see the countryside. I mean, is. that's really where a lot of the beauty of these countries is. But uh, yeah, it's just going to be something different, and especially when you're dealing with language barriers and things like that. So I think there's going to be some uncomfortability that comes from that the first time that you're going and doing that and having to figure that out. The next headline on this week's weekly travel read International ticket sales are up an amazing 10% compared to 2019. Paul, the action in the airline business is international flights. That's where they make their bucks, and that's why they're expanding so much, and you can see that in the numbers. The number of ticket sales up 10%, whereas domestic is right at where it was before pre-COVID. I don't think that surprised anybody, but to see the number being up so much, I think, was a surprise. You know, when you were contained uh, to your local area for so long, I think that made a lot of people recognize that they want to explore. They want to get out and see and experience other cultures, other destinations. So, you know, I think on the vacation side, that's what we've seen internally is that people want to get out and, and they want to take advantage of the opportunity to explore because um, they realize that there may be times where you're not able to do some of these things. So, you know, I love it. I think it's, it's been great. It's, it's fun to see and hear about what our vacation team is booking for people because some of these destinations are, are very uncommon when we look at vacation travel historically. You know, we were in we were at Simplifying Travel 2023 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was 90 degrees and it had to be 95% humidity. And I'm thinking, I would rather be in Italy right now. <laughs> anywhere. I'd rather be anywhere. Where it, was, where it was 75 degrees. I guess maybe that's the base baby boomer in me. What are you? Are you an Xer or what are you? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a mutt. They call us the Xennial. That four-year <laughs> period where you actually, you uh, you had some computers in high school, but you also had to learn everything without computers. So, When does, when does the travel desire move from the beach 
to Europe? What is there an age or kind of a stage in life when when you stop thinking the the beach and the all inclusive, and you start thinking, hey, I'd rather uh, do the cafes of Paris or or in Rome. I think I don't know that there is an age. I think it comes to what your travel experience has been. You know, I've been blessed to be able to to travel over the pond since I was a teenager. And so having that exposure and and some comfortability that comes with that makes it so that that's the type of exploration I want to do where I think, you know, for that average person that maybe didn't have uh, those blessings that uh, the fun and sun and comfort of just knowing it's quick and easy and, and, you know, I guess there is the piece of it that's the the all-inclusive. I guess if you're a party animal, then you may never outgrow that. That may be what you want for the rest of your life. The next headline in this week's weekly travel alert reads, the one great thing that came out of the pandemic was the airlines were forced to drop charging $200 to change your airline ticket. Paul, when the pandemic hit, basically the airlines had to stop charging that $200 exchange fee because no one would buy a ticket if they because they thought, what if I get COVID? What if I can't go? Or yeah. I can't go. I lose lockdown. basically the either the whole cost of the ticket or have to pay a $200 exchange fee. So the airlines basically dropped that during the pandemic. Southwest never had that fee. Mm-hmm. They've always been saying, hey, there's never a change fee. And now United Airlines has come out and says, no longer a, two, a change fee with United, which basically means all everybody has to follow yeah. Southwest and United now. I don't see $200 fees coming back to you. I hope not. You know, I think it is something. when you're, And that's part of your marketing campaign. It's tough to, to go backwards on that. You bet. And I sense that's one of the good news, unfortunately, out of the pain and suffering of COVID has been that. And also, I think we learned during Simplifying Travel 2023 was that you literally have seen people move from possessions to experiences. They no longer are trying to grab all these possessions. They're saying, I want to take the family and I want to experience this travel. And they're taking all their family to Europe or all their family on a vacation because they want those photos. They want those memories. memories. And they, they see that there's more value to them personally than having those possessions. Well, and I think that's from the baby boomers perspective. But I think another uh, stat that was put out there was regards to the millennials and the fact that many of them would rather have those experiences and make those memories than to actually own a, own a house or own a car. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a different mindset as well. But, you know, I think going back to the change fees being reduced, it'll be interesting to see what the impact on the airlines is financially, because I think what we saw was that was $2.9 billion of revenue, revenue on yeah. an annual basis for the, the airlines pre-COVID. And so now the change fees, I think, come out to about half a billion dollars. So right. so there's a $2.4 billion adjustment to revenue. That's, yeah. that's significant. And if you think American Airlines won't make that much money this year, so that's like a whole year's worth of revenue. And speaking of that, the next... Headline in this week's weekly travel alert reads, the airline balance sheets are so sick, only one airline has investment grade debt. Paul, can you believe Southwest Airlines is the only airline that has investment grade uh, debt, which basically means all these airlines are sick, sick, sick. I would not invest a nickel in an airline if I was going to 
pick a stock. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the chart, it will show you how sick the airlines are compared to other investments. And uh, Delta is probably in the the second best shape. So, yeah. so you got Southwest the best. Delta is in pretty good shape. But all the others are are really sick. It's, so. it's not pretty. So yeah. 2024 will be interesting to follow what they do financially. And 2025, there could be some casualties. So. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in future editions. But uh, I think the one thing the airlines have this year right now is a lot of cash. Yeah. So they're not going to be hurting cash flow-wise, but they are going to be hurting as far as, and we're going to bring this out, it takes 83% of the seats full on a plane to break, to break even. even. Yep. Now, that is not good. It used to be 65% to break even. Now it's 83%. So, and in the next uh, edition of Weekly Traveler, we're going to show you where the airlines are financially and uh, how the consumer can benefit from that. Paul, what do you have otherwise in this week's Travel Week in Review? All right. On this week's Travel Week in Review, I actually stumbled on this one as an accident. We mislabeled it and somebody pointed it out. And so when I went to look at where the link actually took, I thought this was a uh, was a, a great one. But uh, five safety tips every passenger should know before boarding a plane. Um, and I just I think especially coming off of this weekend, I don't it, I don't know how much it actually hit the the media, but there was a, a bomb threat at one uh, at Fort. Fort Lauderdale Airport. And so just a reminder of all the things going on in the world today, uh, what, what you have to do to make sure that you're maintaining a focus on safety. So number one, remain vigilant, you know, keep your eyes out and what's going on. Um, you know, I call it having your antenna up, right? The antenna up. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be drive yourself crazy, but at the same time, you know, keep tabs on, on what's going on. And if there's, there are odd things going on. And I think it was the Texas state fair also had an incident this weekend that was significant. So, yeah. And, and also, you know, always look, look around you, look behind you to see if, especially when you're traveling, not even in the airport, but out and about, you know, and, and, uh, I also think of simple things like, uh, where is your wallet yep. and where's your passport? I know we've had somebody that was in Ireland traveling. They had their passport in, in their backpack and these pickpockets are so good man they can unzip your your backpack and grab your wallet or your passport in just seconds i have a friend that his uh his uh phone was stolen from him getting off a train in italy here just within the last yeah. couple of weeks so that's probably like and that's worse than your wallet bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. worse than your wallet i'd rather give my wallet and keep my phone how about uh, that uh-huh so the next one was organize your packing and i think this is one where oftentimes as frequent travelers we just toss things in a bag but you know one of the things that uh, that can really make it so that your your travel is less stressful is if you know that if you're going to need something where exactly where it is and i i'm a, a grown man but i still travel with a backpack just because I can organize those pockets and know my electronics are here, my medications are here. Yeah. If I need a Band-Aid, it's here. So, you know, have it so that you can simplify that so you're not having to unload the whole bag when you need to go out and, and track something down. Hey, you know, I was talking to one of our travelers this weekend, and they were telling me about there's a kind of like, I call it a garbage bag with a vacuum on it <laughs> that you can put pack all your stuff and it sucks all the air out and compresses all your clothes. I'm going to go get one of those because they say you can pack three times more clothes in one of your suitcases one, with one of these vacuum sealed uh, 
plastic bins. So yeah. I'm going to give it a whirl. And uh, I I noticed the one thing that I tell people to also do is don't overpack. Yeah. And we all overpack. We always put – I came back from this weekend – Half the stuff I packed, I didn't use, didn't wear. And I'm thinking, I'm the one that tells people don't overpack. And here I came back with half the stuff I never put on. Well, I followed your rule of don't overpack. And then I wished I would have had another set of clothing. As hot as it was down there, I could have used an extra shower. Uh A sweat box in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) So I'm kind of following that same line. Always put your essentials in your carry-on. I think it it goes to, and, and we all have it happen where... You get someplace and your checked bag doesn't make it. Now, I know one of the, the goals we actually try to get most people and kind of going along the lines of what you were just talking about is try to make it so you don't have to check a bag. Absolutely. And, and uh, actually the the new airline bins, I, I saw this on flights just this weekend, where you can turn your bags up so they're yeah, on sign, their side sign. rather than having to lay flat. That makes for so much more room in those overheads that some that that people shouldn't have to check near as many bags. So that came out on the new uh, 737 Max, Max. Yep. and so that's a great airplane. I love it. And uh, as you say, the other thing is don't forget your medication. Keep it in your close to you. Do not pack it in your bags. Also, I take a picture of my medication. So in case I would lose it, mm-hmm. I can also go into pharmacy and get it refilled you know, easily. We're going to have to do a podcast on all your things to do with your phone. We'll do that. Know, that camera that you use on your phone for your travels. There's a lot of great tips. For hey, that let's one. do that next week. That's so, what we ought to that do. That could be a great one. Uh, be cautious. And this is especially, you got a lot of people that travel just by themselves, solo travel or something, uh, you know, go out on that adventure but you know you gotta gotta keep keep tabs you kind of mentioned the pickpockets uh especially when you're traveling uh outside of the united states doing so you know yeah. you you st- americans stand out like sore thumbs how we dress how we are our baseball cap well, we got our and, caps our, tennis and our tennis shoes uh-huh. now the tennis shoes have become more normalized in the okay. last 15 years right. in europe but uh and we have cameras uh, right when, when, when you're walking phone. around with your phone out all the time you stand out so just like <laughs> as my my friend buildings. experienced you know they're out there looking for that and then the last one they had do plenty of research and this is where I, I fall short. Um, you know, I tend to get on the airplane and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get from point A to point B when I land, after I get my bag. <laughs> Don't think through all that stuff. You're but a nomad. Huh? I, just yeah, I just go. It's not uncommon for us to book an international trip and we'll figure out where we're staying and what we're going to do for any tours once we actually get there. So yeah. it's one where, you know, if, if you want to maximize your time and your experience, and, and you don't like to be like me where I'm just I'm going to jump on a plane and go. Do that research so you know how you're going to get around. You've got your, your language barriers figured out. So you've got all the apps for translation, all that type of stuff. Yeah, no, I, uh, I also heard a, a really good podcast recently from someone who said uh, also everybody tries to use public transportation but if you want the, to use and save the most time, often it's, you know, use a taxi or yeah. use that Uber yeah. uh, to get you there quickly because your time is your most valuable resource when you're traveling. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, you've only got so much time when the plane lands and when it takes off again. So in between there, if you want to see the most, you, sometimes you got to be spend a little bit more to see a lot more. I go back to a trip that my wife and I did 
16, 17 years ago to New York where we were trying to trying to save money and we get to New Jersey, Newark, and but our hotel was over in Manhattan. Sure. And so to save some money, we did the 15-passenger van from Newark oh, to Manhattan. painful. Well, we had eight other hotels we had to stop at. <laughs> and in Manhattan with traffic, that ends up being a two to three hour process before we get to your, your hotel so don't don't go cheap on things that are going to minimize what the return on your investment on your time is thanks so much for joining us on this week's edition of the weekly travel alert i'm steve glenn i'm paul glenn please like share and subscribe and add any comments below so we can hit the topics that you want us to on future editions thank you for joining us we'll see you again next week <laughs>